check out the Drink and Farm merch shop. We keep the shop up to date with new and fresh items. And while you're there, be sure to check out the shirt of the month. Go to drinkandfarm.com slash shop and maybe snag a few items you've been eyeing for a while now. Shopping with us is an excellent way to support the podcast and get something new for yourself at the same time. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero fucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking out of that yummy looking wine situation thing you got going there? Yeah, this is a better than a gin and tonic, but it is ginless. So I guess it's just tonic, (laughs) but it's not just tonic. (laughs) Well, it looks citrusy because I think I see a lemon in there. Yes, it is citrusy. So I squeezed a lemon in here and I put some lemon herb, Simple Goodness Sisters syrup in it. And then I topped it with club soda. So yum. Mm -hmm. That sounds delightful. It is very delightful and it feels really clean and refreshing. I was thinking to myself for a second that I should have done Sprite instead of the club soda because that would have had more flavor. But I actually think I like the simplicity of this, if that makes Mm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you? What are you drinking over there? It might be deceiving because I'm drinking out of a coffee mug and it's our, your donkey is enough (laughs) coffee mug. (laughs) But it's just coconut water. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. So I was like, I should hydrate because in the winter, like, I just feel really dry Mm -hmm. all the time. And I feel like my lips are, like, constantly dry right now, too. So I figured, why not hydrate? Because, you know, got to go do work things after this anyways. So Right. Good plan. (laughs) Need the energy. (laughs) YouTube probably can't tell, but my lips are, like, always peeling this time of year. Ugh. Tis the season. Mm-hmm. I even I put serum on them this morning. I was like, please stop peeling because it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> is it summer yet? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what my drink is. My drink is trying to bring on summer with all the citrus. And... Yeah, and I got coconut. So there we mm-hmm. go. Yeah, we're willing it. We're willing it. <laughs> Ushering in spring, <laughs> no matter what that damn groundhog said. Yeah, I mean, there were conflicting groundhog reports so I think we get to choose our own groundhog report and I'm going with Ohio's because that one said that it was early spring (laughs) okay I'm gonna say screw the groundhogs and go based on what my goats coats are doing right now oh and they are starting to shed their undercoat really so either they're gonna be sad because they're gonna be a little cold for a while or they're telling me that it's coming sooner than we think Okay. I like it. So I'll have to check my goats. I don't know if mine are losing their coats yet. I haven't noticed. Usually the fence is like covered in goat hair because <laughs> they like rub on it when they're rubbing it off. And I haven't noticed that yet, but I haven't looked either. I've noticed it on their butts. <laughs> so they haven't gotten to the side yet where they'll do that rub. So maybe the booty is an early indicator. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go buy your goat butts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that. 
our drink peep this episode is our friend Natalie Quist, and she is at Cloud Lover Fiber over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. So recently we've had two episodes about bees and how honeys are made. And one of the things we did after the first episode was solicit advice from our Facebook group, We Drink and We Farm Things. And ask our resident beekeepers in that group for their advice and maybe for some fun facts if they had them. And you all, like, you came to the party and shared your knowledge. And we got so much that we're going to share it with our whole listenership today. Yeah. And this is going to be a really good episode. I read through it and, oh my gosh, the advice that people shared for starting your beekeeping journey is just priceless. I think anyone who's considering bees is going to find this incredibly valuable. Yes. And I did go through and pull it all together by person. So if I missed you or missed something you said, it was not on purpose. (laughs) It was just because there was so much information. I was trying to group it in a really efficient way. Yeah. But I think I got 99% of it. Yeah. If we missed anything, you can just post it in the group and then everyone can see it there. (laughs) Yes. So our first bee expert is Mary Goddard. And Mary posted a ton, which I so appreciated because she kind of kicked off the thread, I feel like, and it, it maybe encouraged others to chime in. So Mary has been doing beekeeping. She's going into her fourth year or maybe it's her fifth it, when you're on a farm, it just all kind of blurs together. So I totally get it. Mm-hmm. And, and she points out that it's a total money sink. And do not <laughs> go in it with the intention of trying to make money. Which was something that I was like thinking like, oh yeah, I can make some money off of this. And it, while I might make some eventually, it sounds like I probably won't have full ROI for a very long time. <laughs> Yeah, I believe it. Because one of the other things that will happen is you'll have to replace equipment as it breaks. Mm -hmm. So that's going to add to your ROI time. (laughs) Yes. So this is definitely a hobby of passion, not of revenue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And someone had asked her how expensive it was to get into bees. And she said that thinking back to when she started, you're looking at a minimum of about $600 to $700 at least because you need the bees, which will run $190 to $225, a complete hive, which will run you $200 to $275 depending on the quality in the kit, the smoker, a hive tool, a bee suit or a jacket, and gloves. So she said that It's all kind of relative if it's expensive, but you should really start with two hives. So now you're really looking at a minimum of like (laughs) $1,000. Yeah. And she did also point out it takes two years to get any kind of meaningful honey harvest, which kind of surprised me, but that's really good because it's important to set expectations with yourself, like realistic ones Yeah, when you're going into something new. So don't think anything's wrong with, you and your hive necessarily if you're not getting a ton of honey right out the gate. Yeah. And I'm going to assume that that is two years from each group of bees. So like if you do your first year of beekeeping and they all die that winter, the clock has reset. So that's something else to keep in mind. (laughs) 
She also points out that you will want an extractor because you probably don't want to extract the honey by hand. So don't be ashamed if you get one of those. (laughs) Uh, And that makes sense. (laughs) Yes. Yes. She also said that you should be aware that in some areas, honeybees are pushing out and overcrowding native bees, which is a really important piece of information to have, especially because she tells us that most bees are specialized pollinators and honeybees are actually one of the worst at pollinating, which is something that I did know. And she said that she can't remember what their pollination success rate is, but bumblebees are way better at pollinating than Ah. honeybees. Yeah. So if pollination is your game, you're probably better off getting one of those native bee houses. Yeah. Bumblebees scare the crap out of me. I mean, they're adorable. They're really big. Yeah. and the, But I feel like they're very bold, too, for a bumble. Mm-hmm. They bump into you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, like, chest bump you almost. Like, hey, get out of my way. I'm pollinating here. <laughs> um, I think I got stung by one as a child, too. So somewhere, like, in my psyche, like, I just am afraid of them, even though I find them truly adorable. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. So I think that's really important information because you hear so much, like, save the bees, And you probably automatically go to, like, honeybees in a certain situation. And, oh, my gosh, I should get honeybees right now to help with that issue. But it's kind of like the the Tom's situation where it's like, oh, you know, buy a pair of Tom's and it'll get somebody's shoes in in a, you know, poor, less fortunate country when they don't need shoes. They probably need, like, underwear or something like that. Yeah. So you're doing a good thing, but it has other consequences at the same time. So you need to think through those as you're going through your decision making. Yeah. The problem with Tom's is that they can end up putting local shoemakers out of business, which is unfortunate. So maybe they should target areas that do not have that service. (laughs) And maybe they have started doing that. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure there was some outcry and they've tried to, you know, redirect there. Rectify it. Yeah. I was going to say, I buy Toms. It's just because I really like slip-on shoes. I don't tie shoes anymore. Everything is either zip or pull on. <laughs> I bought a pair of cowboy boots back in July thinking I might wear them once in a while. That's all I wear yeah. now because I don't have to tie them. Mm-hmm. And I like how they look. And then I feel like I'm on an episode of Yellowstone and it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> but people probably think I'm kind of weird. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so keep that in mind, you know, when you are getting into beekeeping. This is where, and you'll hear this advice probably later in the list too, where it'd probably come in handy to find somebody local or work through your local extension office to see if that's a problem too. They might have a a pulse on that Mm -hmm. for your area. Yeah. Uh, Mary also pointed out something really interesting and it reminded me of the rotten episode about almonds. Yep. We talked about that probably like two years ago now. Oh, three. I think it was the beginning. So maybe it's almost four. (laughs) Who knows? So it's been a minute, (laughs) but maybe we'll, if we can find that episode, we'll link to it in the show notes. It's probably got awful long, if I'm being honest. And it's terrible. And we probably have different (laughs) opinions nowadays, but. Yes. But anywho's honeybees are actually shipped in like large quantities to almond orchards for pollination. But almond honey is really disgusting, apparently. So the honey isn't even eaten by humans. Ah, that part I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. 
But the other thing you want to keep in mind, too, is transporting the bees to one location for almond pollinating also means that they're meeting and mixing with honeybees from other farms. So it's like a honeybee orgy happening and then disease spreads. Mm-hmm. And this is contributing to the v- varro. Varro? I should look that up before. It's a mite. Um, um, uh, mite. Um, but <laughs> epidemic. Yeah. There we go. You think after being in a pandemic for long enough, I'd be able to say epidemic. Right. (laughs) There we go. So that's not all roses either. There are consequences to transporting bees to employ them for certain types of things. Yeah. And in fact, the transportation of honeybees is one of the reasons why I don't like almond milk. I still have my almond milk vendetta. I don't like it. Well, it doesn't. Almonds don't have nipples either. So I just don't. (laughs) It's juice, guys. I do have a handful of recipes where only almond milk will do, so I will buy it for those. But I do not consume it on a regular basis because it doesn't fit my values. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. And some other advice that Mary gives us is that if you do want to keep bees, then you want to start with two packages or nukes because your bees will die. And sometimes you'll have no idea why they will die. And she says, all my original bees are dead. (laughs) That's good to know. It is good to know. Because that's kind of, it's good to know that sort of thing. Because, like, people will say, like, chickens, if you're going to keep chickens, get used to having dead chickens. So it's good to know that that theory kind of applies here, too, and that it takes some of the guilt off if it does happen. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. And she also tells us that one year all of her hives died because she didn't know to put moisture boards in the hive. And there was a very mild and wet winter that year. So she went into this winter with three hives, but one is already dead. And it's for reasons that she hasn't been able to identify. And she says that she has no idea if the other two will make it. But she does use a $10 stethoscope to knock on the side of the hive and listen for buzzing, which is a really cool thing and a really cool way to check if your hive is still alive through the winter without opening it because you don't want to let the cold air like rush into your hives during the winter. I know that much. I don't know a ton about bees, but <laughs> <laughs> we're learning together. Yeah. <laughs> Our next contributor is Sarah Solsinki. Solsinki. Slezinski. I should know how to say her last name because this is who I got fancy from. Mm-hmm. And I bought half a pick from. I'm just going to blame it on. The reason that I couldn't say epidemic either is just my (laughs) mouth doesn't work today. But anyways, she confirmed for us that bees are so cool and extremely fascinating. And she's going into her third year with bees. And she's learned a ton the past two years. So she's really hoping that it goes well this year. And she also mentioned that you do want to start with two hives because you can learn a lot when you're comparing the two. Which is a good point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Having something to compare to for anything on the farm is extremely helpful. Yes, it is. She also said you can take a frame of eggs from one to give to the other if you lose a queen. So that's another benefit as well. Oh, handy. Yeah, because if a queen is lost, will a new one hatch and like be queened? Or do you have to buy a new queen? I can't remember. Someone... I think it depends on the situation. Okay. Because I do know that the queen gets replaced every now and then. Yeah. So maybe if another one doesn't hatch out. Yeah. You got to go buy one. Because I know 
people will just go buy little queens and they come in these like little containers and then you just put them in there and they mm-hmm. announce that they're there and they rule over all the bees and I feel like that's how it worked. Yeah. Well, they're plugged <laughs> with candy so that the bees smell her pheromones for a few days while they're eating the candy and then they'll accept her as their queen after like a few days. Plus they're all like fat and happy on sugar. So I feel like that's the equivalent to bringing like donuts to the office. So people like you and accept mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. <laughs> and trust you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So another tip that Sarah gives us is that it's a good idea to take pictures of the frames when you do your inspections because you're able to look at things a lot closer from that perspective because you can, you know, zoom in. Yeah, without being stung in the face. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was a really good pro tip, too. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Our next contributor is Marlene Newmiller, and she says, I'm in my ninth year of beekeeping, Ooh. and here are my tips and advice. And she gave us like a really great list, so I'll just read through some of them, and then Sam will read through the rest of them. She said, take a beekeeping class, find a mentor, and or join a beekeeping club. And she also said to research the type of equipment you may want. There's top bar, there's Langstroth, which I guess she said 10 frames slash 8 frames, and etc. So there must be some other kinds also. And she said to find a good source for bees and to get local bees if possible. And if ordering from a local beekeeper, ask if these bees were taken south for the winter or lived in your area all Ah. year. So you will know if you're purchasing bees that are acclimated to winter, if you have winter. That is really important. Definitely something I did not think about originally. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if it's nux or nukes. Uh, I was saying nukes because that just felt natural. (laughs) So... We'll say Nux or Nukes are, (laughs) because I'm not sure. Again, more things we should have Googled, probably. Anyways, those are easier than packages, but cost more. So decide if the cost is worth it to you when you're purchasing your equipment. As other people have said, she agreed with the method of using two hives. And she points out that you want to make a plan for swarming, because it will happen. Mm -hmm. And I imagine it's not good to just panic and run away. (laughs) (laughs) also she mentions it's a good idea to plant trees for bees they love maple trees in the spring plant borage and buckwheat to bloom in the fall and they'll love you for that as well yeah she also said to not promise anyone honey in the first year or two which aligns with what mary was saying about no you're not going to get a lot the first couple of years right (laughs) oh my gosh yeah it's good to know (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she also tells us that honey is not the only product from the hive so don't forget that wax makes great lotion bars candles and wraps And you also want to decide on what your mite treatment will be. It's the same kind of mites from earlier, but I can't pronounce it either. It's like Varroa mites. She said that she tried treatment-free in southwest lower Michigan for five years, and she lost 50 to 75% of her hives each winter. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. But then she started treating with... um, Oxalic? Oxalic? (laughs) I'm sure that that's not right. O-X-A-L-I-C. Yes. Acid. <laughs> Vaporization. Ah, there we yeah. go. 
And she said that she's had 100% of them come through for the last three years. So she thinks that this year might be a tough one with the warm December and the freezing January. And that's fair. It's been tough on every thing for that yeah that exact same thing here in southern ohio yeah she also mentions because we talked about purple honey in the first episode i think of the bees so it was mm-hmm. like 189 she mentioned that bees like to go dumpster diving so sometimes colored honey comes from artificial sources such as candy slurpees etc which kind of grosses me out if i'm being <laughs> honest but it is interesting to know that they don't discriminate like you can plant all the pretty flowers you want for them but if they see a good dumpster they might just dive right in yeah, I mean, sugar is one of the things that they need. So. Yeah. yeah. And a Slurpee's going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> so our next helpful listener is A.R. Pittman. And they said, we are in our fourth year with bees. We have had a hard time with them, but we keep trying because they are so fascinating. She says that she seconds the advice with at least two hives, and they always do nooks and try to get them local. The ones that were shipped to her from California don't tend to really do that well in Ohio winters. That's fair. So that's that's interesting and important to note. And AR also points out your inspections are really important. A hive can look great from the outside and be completely queenless on the inside. Hmm. Which would be a bummer. They also say to find a mentor if you can and make sure to plant lots of nectar and pollen sources for them. If you have neighbors that grow crops, you might want to find out if they use pesticides. So they did a sensitive crop registry, I think it's called, so that people won't spray around them. Oh, oh, that's good to know that that's an option. At least that's an option in Ohio, because that's where they said Mm -hmm. that they're from. And they also went on to say that it's an expensive hobby, but it's (laughs) worth it. (laughs) Isn't most of like the kind of farming that we do an expensive hobby, but worth it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I say that all about a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Tina Stevens also added to the fun and said that she really likes her top bar hive because there's no heavy lifting. Like everything, there are benefits and drawbacks to whatever style of hive you go with, but her husband built it himself. And she was about to put a queen into the hive when she did add a picture in the thread and she's got a little box she's holding on to looking into our hive. So she's going to put the queen in there and then dump in two pounds of bees that are in the box that are on the ground in the picture. So definitely go find that thread if you're in our Facebook group so you can take a look at what that top bar hive looks like. It's pretty cool. Neat. She also said that she likes wearing a tool belt, like a construction worker when she's (laughs) working with the hive. It makes total sense. She said it keeps her tools close at hand and she doesn't lose them in the grass that's something I do all the time. I lose so many tools. It's not even funny. And then I run over them with the mower. I'm like, oh, there they are. <laughs> Found them. <laughs> and she also says that she might be making it up, but she thinks that the bees don't like it when she clunks her tools down on the hive. And I don't think she's making that up. They're really sensitive to vibration. Yeah. Like, who was it? Oh, it was uh, Brad from Coop Dreams. He went by his hives in a mower or a tractor of some kind that was like buzzing at the right consistency that has made his hives really angry and he got 
stung a bunch. I think that was Red from Coop Dreams. I think so too. Okay. Now that you're mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah. She also notes that you're probably going to get stung, which is a good segue <laughs> to what we were just talking about. And she recommends, though she it, she doesn't know for sure, but because it might be a placebo effect, but she swears by Apis Malefica. Yeah, I would call that Apis Malefica. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter spell thing. She says that it substantially reduces the swelling and itching, and she did provide us with an Amazon link for that. So you don't have to figure out how to type that. You can just go click a link in our show notes. (laughs) Yeah, there will be a link to it in the show notes. (laughs) And the girly homesteader chimed in also, and she said, we've been keeping bees for three years and have had great success, but only because we got local bees. That's my advice. Buy bees from a local beekeeper rather than online. They'll be much better adapted to your climate and have a better chance for surviving winter. Good to know. And then Mike Graman said that he's learned that climate is king. When what works in one area won't in another. One huge example is in our area is the flow frame. He can't get his bees here to like them. Other locals have similar results. So he suggested to take a local class or talk to a local beekeeper because they will always give you the best advice. And then our last piece of advice is from Kathy Pullen McAndrews. And she said, several years ago, we lost a hive over the winter before we got around to getting replacements. A swarm of local bees moved into the vacant hive. And she says that she thinks that it will be their third winter now. Wow. bees' third winter. And she feels pretty lucky to have them choose their place. And I would too. That's super cool. Yeah. And it reduces the financial strain that this hobby can create when you just have some bees come hang out and do really well. They just show up. Yeah. Well, we hope this advice helped. We really appreciate everybody chiming in in our group. If we missed anything or if anybody has additional advice you can absolutely go drop that in our facebook group we drink and we farm things Mm -hmm. we're always happy to hear about your experiences yes we certainly are and before we leave you from today's episode just a quick reminder that if you're listening to this hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find our podcast and make sure you take a look at the show notes for links to our social media our merch shop and other fun things anything that we may have mentioned in this episode will be in there so that's it yeah and until next time drink farm and give zero clucks Bye now. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm.